With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's always basketball in Philadelphia. (laughs) At least for me. The Sixers right are here. Yeah, because that's what I'm doing now. Uh, Joel Embiid, Sean Holmes, J.J. Redick. You know, I've, I've swapped uh, Chester for Camden. Yeah, two great towns. <laughs> two great teams, or one pretty good team. You know, we played the national anthem before the podcast, and uh, I have to say Dave and Baxter both decided to lock arms <laughs> in unity. And he was kissing my foot, too, which was weird. He was, yeah. I don't know if that was part of his protest or he not. He can't really, you know, physiologically, he can't really take a knee. He lacks the opposable thumb. No, that's a... <laughs> he does <laughs> lack those, but that's that's a different yeah. story. No, he, he knows how to sit. I think that would be his... Uh, he would sit for the anthem would be his form of protest. But we'll get yes, more... he would demand a treat before, uh, before standing. That's right. I will get more into that later, but... It's good to be back, and it's good to be talking about soccer again. Kevin Kincaid alongside yeah. Dave Zeitlin. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, it's man. been What's a while. It? Yeah. How is it covering Joel He's... on Embiid playing tennis <laughs> and just running through the streets of Philly? It's uh, good. He told everybody today, he was asked by uh, John Gonzalez, uh, now of The Ringer, uh, how his tennis game was, and Joel said, it's good. I have a good serve. Uh, they call me the Black Roger nice. Federer. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's playing right next door to um, Taney Playground. That's like my hood. He was. That is in your John. Yeah. Uh, no, John. it's it's been good, man. It's different. It's much different. There is so much access. Uh, I was at the Wells Fargo Center uh, on Wednesday night for the preseason opener. You get the home coach before the game. You get the away coach before yes. the game. Locker room is open before the game as well. It was like uh, the, the Phillies kind of, you know. I've done games for the AP for the Sixers, and yeah. there's a lot of access. It's strange. It, it's almost too much access, I it feel is. like. It's like, what do you ask the coaches before the games and after the game? It's I almost feel like it's too much. I do. I kind of feel that way, too. I mean, it's almost uh, – I never thought I would, I would feel this way ever, but it's almost like too much access. You know, I, I don't know – what more we can nah. we can ask, you yeah. Know? Uh, especially on game day, I can understand like, uh, you know, at a practice session or whatever, you know, being able to talk to whoever. But they have shoot around in the morning where you can get access. They have availability before the game, then they have availability after the game. Yeah, three times in one day. We really I've need to fucking talk to people. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, but that just means I got to uh, I got to be on my toes. You know, I got to be ready. So. A little bit different. Then you hit Union, where it's like once a week, yeah. two quotes. It's like, should we go down? After the Are game? you going down to Chester tomorrow? <laughs> now there's like down to like two writers. I was the only one there Friday, and yeah. Jim made a crack. He's like, he's like, I'm down to only like one media guy covering my team. <laughs> and I was like, I haven't even been here in two weeks. So, Well, that's kind of what happens when you don't win a lot of games either. But um, That's part of it. It's also, you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah, we all ha- have to beg to write about the Union to our editors, to our outlets. So it's yeah, a combination of not as many storylines with not as many outlets and not that much uh, traffic is kind of a and rough time combination year, right now. Yeah, yeah, this time of the year yeah, too. Yeah, the Sixers, I mean, Flyers, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, when the Union are pretty much wrapped up, and we know they're mathematically they're still in it. Yeah. Uh, by virtue of still a couple of, a couple of big Let's wins. Talk about it. But, you know, well, 
I mean, you've been down there more than me. I mean, what if what if what do you see? Yeah, what they're, they're hanging on by. Well, I mean, I guess if you look at this past week, they're you know a pretty competent team at home and on the road. They showed again. They're just not fun to watch. Uh, yeah. They're lifeless. They went to Atlanta, who's a great team, and you know, did you watch that game? The first twenty minutes, they barely yeah, touched I the ball. All of them. I mean, yeah. it's just like yeah. Atlanta showed what a really good team is and it was probably kind of uh, depressing for um, union fans but then they come home and they you know they look pretty good so it's, my, it's been a story of the year yeah sarah uh my wife when i was sitting there i told her i'm like hey i'm gonna go watch uh the union game and she like gave me this weird look she's and she said i think this is the quote i don't know if it's verbatim but she said you're really gonna waste your time with that shit <laughs> And that was like telling because she just never watched a game or hasn't watched a game in years, you know. So but it, big but it was, time now. But but you know you know what it was like. But she was saying that more of yeah. a point of being like it wasn't even so much that I'm yeah. on the Sixers beat now is that because she was saying like even if I was yeah. still working it like I was wrestling with those ideas in the, in the summer like should I go down to the shore yeah. or should I sit they're, here and watch San Jose hard, versus yeah. Philly at ten thirty at night? They're a hard team to watch on TV when they're on the road. I don't know what they're like to watch on TV when they're home because I'm there at the stadium, but they're yeah. f- they're fun to watch at home. A lot, but it seems like every road game this year, it's just been really difficult just watch. Well, that's that's <laughs> the thing. I mean, I don't know how you felt when you were watching the Chicago game, but I was sitting there, and I wanted to say, hey, this is a great performance. Uh, you know, Schweinsteiger wasn't playing, whatever, I get it. But, hey, Chris Pontius finally scored a couple of goals. They're playing really well. They beat a good team at home. But I, I didn't I, – even just trying to detach myself and watch it not as a media person, but trying to f- feel how a fan would feel about watching that – I couldn't enjoy it at all because I was just sitting there thinking the whole time, well, they're going to go to Atlanta and they're going to get their ass yeah. kicked. Yeah. You know, and so it doesn't mean anything to me. And that's been the story of the whole year. I, I don't I don't care about a win at home against Chicago if you don't win on the road the next time. And I don't yeah. care about a win against Seattle in October when you're pretty much out of it because th- this team had multiple chances this year to do it when it mattered. Right. And they failed every single time. You're not getting into the playoffs. Right on the strength of your home form. And, and even then, they, they had that terrible stretch at the beginning of the year where they lost to Portland and New York at home, and that pretty much cooked right. it from the beginning. You know, And they still set the uh, the um, club record for uh, most home wins in the season with yeah. them nine. Um, and Harris talked about this after the game. You know, He said they're good at home, and he just couldn't figure out why they were so bad on the road. And to be fair, too, the teams that they played on home have been like missing guys. Uh, their last game... Uh, um, uh, Torres wasn't there. Um, Roma Torres. Ozzy Alonso. Christian Roldan Alonso. was playing yeah. with a broken arm. Clint Dempsey came in off the bench. So it's kind of a battered kind of team that was resting. So they played well. But, you know, it, at this point, it's probably too late. Although, if you do look at the standings and uh, drink a lot of beer, I think you can make a case that the Union <laughs> but here's still the have thing. an outside shot. Yeah, here's the, the thing again. I mean, yeah. And even if there was any optimism about them still being mathematically alive, we're going back to the same thing that I was just talking about, where if they do miraculously somehow get the sixth seed, then they got to go to Chicago or Atlanta and get killed. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, like I've been saying since May, you know, we're just bracing ourselves for the inevitable. We're the delaying the inevitable. And that's keeping guys like, uh, you know, Adam Najem and I mean, Marcus Epps got the start because of the, the thing with Pontius the other day. But it's still I'm, I'm still I, I don't. And Jones played for the first time in months yeah. after I wrote about him. So yeah. it's like Jim's turning a slight corner. But I want to see more guys. of it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't no, wanna, I, I didn't want to wait to see the four one four one. And then Jim comes out and says, well, we really didn't change anything. Yeah, yeah you did. That's yeah. the biggest fucking change that you've made in two years. <laughs> That was the first time you came out in a different formation in more than two years. He loves that four two three one. He doesn't want to say 
uh, he's that's what he's I'm ever saying. Changed. I mean, it's like so. Don't tell me that like he's, um, you know, tactically flexible because he's he's even when he does change it, he wants to. He doesn't want to admit it. Like yeah. what? What's the worst thing you can say? Yeah, we're trying something different. God forbid. Yeah, because the last time they actually played something different was the 2015 season opener. Oh, the, the when two they played with the four four two, yeah, yeah, with the Ristigieta and Sapong up there. So, so don't don't say to me, well, it's a different, it's not a uh, different formation when you've been doing the same damn thing for two and a half for almost three years straight. Yeah. Any little wrinkle, any little change is a huge change, yeah. and it worked yeah. well too with uh, Craval. Sure, it did. Back there. I just don't think the problem. I think, and I don't know if you saw this too, but Warren is as good of a ball winner as he is. He's just not a good enough passer yeah. to be successful no, in that. that shape. But here's the thing: they have Ali and Harris who are good passers. Right, right. I said on Twitter, I was like, "Look, when you play four-one-four-one and you turn the triangle upside down, you don't need a number ten. Yeah, you know. And guess what? If you know that." Meduninin and Bedoya are going to be next here, be here next year, uh, and they're going to be in the midfield together. That leaves either room for a number 10 or you flip the triangle and you add a six. So if Derek Jones is your future and you're committed to getting him on the field, that's really the only way to do it because they already tried Meduninin, Bedoya, and Jones in the 4 2 3 1. It didn't work. Yes. You know? Sorry, I'm being attacked by your dog. Oh, no, it's all right. Baxter, you're being a good boy, man. Um, <laughs> He's biting my fingers a little bit. Right? On it. Yeah, Baxter, I'll take you out it's after all right, this. It's all right, but yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like you know, you've already had that experiment. So so now, like I was saying on the last podcast we did, use use this time that you have now to agreed. solve what problems you can so that you're not kicking the can down the yeah, road. Yeah, but Jim's, I mean, we, we've asked him so many times. Jim just doesn't like changing towards the end of the games, towards the end of seasons. He he wants guys to, like, earn it. And then he said, to his credit, Jones and uh, Najem have been playing better with uh, Bethlehem. So he, uh, that that made a difference with Jones putting him in a game. I mean, I'd like to see these guys play the last two games, especially yeah, if they're I just, knocked out. What I guess I wanna... they could be knocked out this weekend if um, New York wins, right? Well, that's what I'm hoping for. My wish right now, my number one wish is for the Union to be knocked out because then we can get past the bullshit. But if the Red Bulls lose... Move... No, I don't two left to, I don't, union yeah, oh two wins red bulls two losses yeah. i don't even want to drink think enough. about it man. i just want to drink get, enough i want, I want it. it i want it to be official so we can just move past the bullshit already i mean who are we kidding here we've been talking about this for months i think you know? the union get into the playoffs they win a game and a knockout and then win the mls cup <laughs> <laughs> how much you want to bet that was uh let me write this down Ten oh three of uh, <laughs> podcast number th- uh, 33 or whatever we're on now um yeah Anyway, that's all I got to say. I don't. Yeah, nah. I'm not going to do any more analysis or any more breakdown or anything until they're officially eliminated and we're moving on. <laughs> you know, because it just it's it's redundant at this point. I'm saying the same shit that I was saying back in June. So, so there's no more storylines from these past games. You want to talk? No, about? I want to talk about Jim's Andre quotes. Andre Blake had a good uh, well, had a good week. You know, Harris we had two assists. You know, has ten on the season. What do you think about he left the... for Bosnia? <laughs> God, hoping to get them into the World Cup. They're battling care. with Greece. You got Ali Bedoya leaving. I don't the care. US. I don't Lots of good storylines. Well, yeah, I mean, we could talk about the pa- <laughs> the Panama game. I don't really have anything to add on it. I don't know about the call up. Seemed a little goofy to me, but um, I think, think Bedoya they... starts or plays. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, nice to see Failhaber. Yeah, he might get he called might up. I, I agree. I, I, I mean, like him a lot. The like center back situation is still in the yeah. left back situation. I, I don't know. Um, 
I feel like other people can speak better okay. on that than, than me at this point. So you just want to go right into to Jim's quotes to uh, Tannenwald? Yeah, I'm kind of fired, good fired up, so let's, I let's see keep, that, it, yeah. keep it rolling. Yeah. Right, Do you want to? Okay, well, I wrote them down here. On yeah, the you want to? Well, so yeah. Why don't, uh, so, why don't you preface it? Why don't so you Tannenwald that? was down there this week. He, he might have been the only one there. I was the only one down there uh, last Friday. So he, he asked them about the uh, the protests. and I mean, I can summarize quickly. Jim basically said he wants to listen to his players, which I... I'm agree with. Um, he wants to, if they do want to kneel, he'd be behind that. He wants to hear why and their background and what would cause them to. So, I mean, I think that's what a good coach has to say. You, you want him to be behind your players. And if someone feels compelled to protest in a peaceful way, you have to ask why he wants to do this. And, and if, if you feel it's warranted, you have to be behind him, right? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I could go anywhere here. I, I, I think it's worth pointing out first that the um, the union's probably one of the most diverse teams in this yeah. in this town for sure. I mean, the Phillies obviously you have some uh, um, you know Hispanic guys on the team. Uh, the, the Sixers obviously have a good blend of of guys from different backgrounds. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, for example, is is Turkish, you know, but he was linking arms with some of the guys in the Wednesday night game and a little bit of a display there that didn't really end up being a big deal, but. Um, so I, I, you know, let me read Jim's stuff first, right. and then I'll back up into my thoughts on it because that's kind of where we're going anyway. So, so Jim said, uh, quote, the issue of kneeling comes up, and it's one that I feel like people have kind of forgotten what it's all about. The reality is that systematic racial injustice goes on in our country, and if you don't believe that, then you're blind to history, to Native Americans uh, back in the day, to slavery, and to the current situation. There's a lot of divisiveness going on in our country right now. Uh, the leader of our country has started has tweeted to start trouble with North Korea and the NFL on one weekend. It's a tough time nice. where I feel like we're becoming more separated as a country. You like that line. Um, <laughs> I'm on Jim's side. Yeah. My comment on that is honestly for white people who have never been in the, the positions and have no frame of reference for what people of color, Mexican-Americans, African-Americans go through every day uh, is to keep your mouth shut. You can support people and what they do. I'm all for that. I, w- I would be in the category of a coach who supports a player's uh, that are capable. I'm sorry. Um, I would be in the category of a coach who supports what players that are people of color want to decide, allow the players that have been treated unfairly and feel like they've been treated unfairly to have a voice. If it's a peaceful protest, it's one that you have to respect. That's what this country is founded on. And right now I think we're too divisive with everything that we do. Another thing that comes up is the old line that they're all millionaires and they get paid a lot of money and they should act how we tell them to act. But if you want to talk about a bunch of self-made guys, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Soccer, my locker room has kids from all different countries that have to be self-made. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's true. I mean, and yeah. it, um, you know, you got guys like Josh Yarrow, um, you know, yeah. you know, Ghanaian, uh, CJ is a as he second generation or uh, third generation. I think he's got Nigerian roots. I want to say is that is that correct? I might be wrong on that, but I mean, like like we're saying beforehand, you got guys who are coming from a lot of different places. But I'll, I have my like whole kind of rant on it, but. I'll let you start I mean, out on I, it. I said in what I said before, I said in a tweet, uh, you know, for me, what he said, it's not, shouldn't be controversial, really. I know it's a very divisive thing. Uh, people talk about politics. I mean, for me, I mean, I, I feel like I side with Jim on the politics side, but just putting that aside, just for me, the biggest thing is just that he wants to, like, hear his players out. And I think any coach has to do that. Yeah, I mean, God forbid, right? Um, I don't think anything that he said is unreasonable, and I agree with a lot of that, and a lot of that is kind of what I wrote in a, in a column that I did for Crossing Broad that did pretty well. But, um, 
basically this is like kind of how I, I just want to, I have it pulled up here, not because I want to read the whole damn thing, but because I want to kind of like reference it as I go. Um, you know, the thing, the thing here that Jim kind of starts out with, as he says, people are kind of forgetting why this happened in the first place, right? right? Colin Kaepernick, uh, had a problem with racial injustice and the treatment of black men by law enforcement in this Mm -hmm. country. Right. So he decided to use his platform, uh, you know, as a prominent athlete and a black man, um, to get that message out on a national stage, you know? So it's not, this is not a protest against the United States. It's not a protest against the flag. He's not protesting the flag. (laughs) You know, he's not protesting the military. People seem to forget that he originally took a kneel or I'm sorry, he originally took a knee or no, I'm sorry. He sat down. Well, there was a compromise that was made because he sat down first and then he nailed it. And then he nailed, right. Because he didn't want to, and that was in out of respect to military people. So we've already been down that road before. Right. Um, but, I started my story off by saying, you got all these football fans that say, well, protest on your own time. Don't do it here. Well, that's the whole fucking point. (laughs) The whole point is that you want people to be uncomfortable, is that you want people to think about. No protest ever worked because some guy said, oh, you know, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, did Rosa Parks say, well, I don't want to offend anybody on the front of the bus. You know, it's it's all like horseshit. People have completely lost... fact of why he was doing it in the and first it, place and it's two different things kaepernick and only a handful of players were doing it um because it's a thing that a lot of people don't want to do because they respect the anthem and the country a lot and then once trump said what he said he called the players a slur yeah sons of bitch it kind of changed the whole narrative and then at that point the players were almost protesting I'm against him. So right, right. it's almost like two separate issues right now. Right. Now that's where it got like further muddled because then you had owners come out like, uh, you know, linking arms with the players on the sidelines. The owners were not like joining the players to, to protest racial injustice. They were coming together to tell Donald Trump to piss off. Yeah. That's what it was. It wasn't like, you know, because if they really gave a shit about their players, like Jim Curtin does, then they would have been on the sideline linking arms with them when the whole thing started. Right. You know, they would have been on the sidelines with Malcolm Jenkins and, and Kaepernick, Kaepernick would have Kaepernick a job. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and Kaepernick would probably have a job. Now, if you want to say he's a distraction because of that or you don't want the media that comes with it or whatever, fine. That's I'm not, exactly the reason, but they're not going to say it. Right, but I don't... Right, because I, I, you see some of the quarterbacks that are playing in the NFL right now, and you can't tell me that they're any no, better no. than Colin Kaepernick. Now, I, you know that I'm not... You know, I don't consider myself like a liberal, right? I'm right. not like on the left. I'm further to the right than many soccer people, which I think probably puts me, me in Jim, the I guess. It probably puts <laughs> me in the middle, right? Because I think, honestly, I think that a lot of soccer people are are a little more to the left. I know that there's a lot of like it Delco, seems that way. But you would you would probably say that a lot of like the families that come down from the I don't get too much to, pushback on my Twitter like today when I said what I said about uh, Jim's uh, quotes. I didn't really have anyone saying he shouldn't be saying this. I'm not getting to games anymore so it, yeah. it, it does seem like at least the people that follow me on twitter kind of lean towards that way i'd say yeah well i think to to further my point like i'm i'm so i'm not liberal right i'm kind of in the middle i'm i consider myself like some weird like libertarian or something right even though our party has like no candidate worth a shit ever you know um but the point being is that like i i absolutely think that white privilege exists you know it, it's and it's not to say like I was very fortunate to grow up in the in the um, suburbs of Montgomery County and have a, a stable family and a stable community, right? And a lot of people did not have that. Now, I, that's not to say that you and I also didn't work our asses off to improve our standing and get to where we are. When people say you have white privilege, they're not trying to demean mm-hmm. 
what accomplishments you had. They're not saying that that's the only reason that you did it. You drove your ass out to Westchester for how long? <laughs> uh, yeah, seven years. You know what I mean? And I worked overnights in Augusta, yeah. Georgia. So we tried to work beyond what we were, the, the starting point that we had that was probably advantageous to other people, yeah, you know? But, but I'm not going to sit here and say, I feel guilty for being a white person because I, I, I just came out of the womb. Like nobody can control like what the hell they are when they're born. So I don't, I get white privilege. I understand that. I think white guilt's bullshit. But the point of all of this is that I think all the fans of sports everywhere, especially NFL fans who really aren't that intelligent to begin with, I feel like soccer fans are probably a little bit, a little bit smarter. Do you disagree? Do you disagree? I wouldn't. I mean, I don't. I don't exactly. say that. And you're an Eagles writer now. You got to be careful. No, but look, I mean, it's it's it. Truthfully, it's. I think I think the sad part about it is that people have kind of just lost track yeah. of why the hell they were even doing it in the first well, place. Well, to bring it back to this podcast and to the sport, I mean, there have been no protests, I think, from MLS players. Are you surprised by that? And do you think there's a difference between an MLS player kneeling during the anthem and someone doing it during Friday's game versus Panama when you're kind of wearing your, your country's colors? Well, yeah. Now, thinking back to Rapino, I mean, when right. she took the knee, she was... She was with an. Oh, well, she was with her club. She first did it with her club, club team, team, and then she did it uh, with the national team. And I, I, I understand why the federation feels the way they do. It's, it's a little bit different when you're kind of like representing your country right, when on the world stage. Yeah. So I mean, I understand that, but I mean, as players have said, you know, if someone really feels compelled to do it, he must have, or she must have a reason why. And it's yeah. and like you said, it's not because they hate their country. It's because they want it. Because they're highlighting okay, something so. else. Well, I, 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 so here's the weird thing. Now, when, when the union players walk out to the, from the tunnel, they're accompanied by a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. And there's only 11 players on their team, and they're standing in the middle of the field, right? Yeah. So you also have the element of having that kid next to you and also being in more of the spotlight just because there's fewer people right. like in that that area so i think mm-hmm. the optics of it look a little bit different it also you know? wouldn't really get like I, maybe players are thinking like what's the point because if a player does it it's not gonna get like national attention i don't think if it's mls i, I mean maybe it will at first but these yeah. players aren't quite at the same level as like and like uh, like a colin kaepernick right? yeah. and i think rapino i think the reason that rapino yeah. got as much pub as she did was she's because a national name she is but i think also because she was one of the first yeah. Was she the second person to do I it? I think yep, she was yep, right yep, after Gavin. Okay, yeah. Like if Richie Marquez does it, it's like who? Like right, why people is, are saying what the hell? Why is he doing? Right. So I mean, th- there's a difference there. Yeah, I, I you know I thought it was interesting because when the Sixers did it the other night, um, you know there was a bunch of a couple of the black guys were linking arms, but um, Chris Humphreys, who's half white and half black, uh, he was also involved in it. Furkan Korkmaz, like I was saying, who's Turkish was involved in it too nice. so i don't even think he knew what he was doing yeah, but just, but all he needs all he needs to know is that he's supporting he, yeah. he's supporting his yeah, teammates you know so that's a big thing um anyway that's all i have to say on that Did I you just, say what we had to say yeah we solved the issue uh, uh, yeah i mean I, I just yeah it just i don't know i got fi- it. i got fired up about it because i just don't like i just trying to bring it back to like what the hell the point of it was in the first place you know and, yeah. and nobody's saying that it's against the military it's against the white man it's not it's not the scene in black sheep where Chris Farley's go, Chris yeah. Farley goes, kill Whitey. kill Whitey. Yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah. Curtin said what he did, and and I agree with what he said, and I hope, I hope a lot of fans understand why he said it too. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see uh, if anything. I don't. 
I don't happens like in MLS. Too much yeah. All right. So what do you uh, you want to do? Questions um, or yeah. Any other topics you want to get to? I, I feel no, like we didn't get I, that many questions. I think guys are checked out in the season. Okay. Even yeah, though they tr- can still make the playoffs. My Twitter was like all Joel Embiid shit today. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll do some, and if you want to look, just in case. Okay. Why don't I, I miss just someone? See if I can dig them. Um, Rich Ransom, better looking press box for Kevin Kincaid, Talent Energy Stadium or Wells Fargo? Talent Energy Stadium yeah, by much a better. country. I've been mile. to Wells Fargo. It's 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 right by Nebraska, which is cool, but it's it's kind of a weird angle. Um, I feel like the food's better at Sixers games. Yeah, but you got to pay for it. You got to pay for it, but yeah. it's, it's almost it just, worth it. I don't. I think the most underrated part about talent is that, like, because you sit up, it's just easier for me to to analyze the game. You know, I can't when we sit down when we go to Red Bull Arena. Um, I don't know about you, but like, I have trouble kind of seeing what's going on because we're down low. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I find myself at least last night at the Sixers game. Wednesday night, looking up at the jumbotron a lot because I can't get that flat like all twenty two, quote unquote, kind of look at the. I've done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So where is your uh, seat? Um, I was sitting next to uh, David Murphy and uh, Jess Camarado. Uh, okay, in, so like right row, in the there, row right? two. Yeah, yeah. but we only have a single. We're only doing like a single game uh, credential, like game by game. Oh, this really? Year. So I don't know where I'm going to be sitting. Wherever the hell, yeah. Yeah, because right. we kind of got in late. We, I mean, I didn't start working until like three weeks ago. So, yeah. Baxter, leave Dave alone. Here's Sixers beer right now. I'll take you O-U-T Amazing. after this, okay? <laughs> um, Andrew Mall, uh, USMNT, if they concede early on Friday, are we destined for a, a playoff? And for the union, is there really an answer on a horizon in a time of mega dollars? Is there an answer for the union? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I've had some conversations with people uh, off the record uh, and behind the scenes since I left um, the beat, and there seems to be confidence that Jay that they can win with um, that the union can win with Jay Sugarman in charge. Okay, I you know I don't know if that's foreshadowing things coming uh, in the off season or what, but and if the U.S. concede early, I I think the U.S. win this game at home. It's at Orlando. I think it's me a pretty good crowd. I can't see them. I'm like you said before, like you keep tweeting that they're like a hundred percent chance to make the World Cup. I don't well, know if you're like reverse jinxing them or not. Yeah, because uh, they're not going to look. I mean, you got, uh, you know, Syria or Australia. I mean, come on, man. I mean, one of the countries is in the middle of a war right now. You know, <laughs> and it. I mean, it's if it, it. How 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 ridiculous would it be if if it came down to that with Donald Trump as our president? We're playing Syria in a playoff. Who can't even play in their home country right now because of the war? You know, they're playing in uh, Malaysia right now. Yeah. Uh, Rich Ells, who leads the um, union in um, goals next year and assists, uh, not on roster is a fair answer. Not on roster is probably the obvious answer, unless like CJ Sapong again uh, for yeah. goals, maybe Harris again for assists. But uh, we should revisit our our predictions okay. for the season. Yeah, shouldn't we should, we? Who did we say? Did I say Madunian in for assists? I might have because yeah. I thought he would get a bunch of secondaries. He is ten now, so he's who the third I... third player in club history to record ten assists. Can you name the other two? Christian did it twice. And Christian Maidana. That's one. He did it twice. Yeah, Sebastian Latou. It's also one. He did it twice. That's an easy question. (laughs) Uh, Bad Ombre, do you believe the team will spend over $1 million to bring in a new player this coming offseason? Probably. Yes. I mean, Bedoya was over a million. They need at least one more. I do. I think they're committed to that high-low kind of thing. Yeah. Michael Rulo, at what point do MLS execs start to pressure Jay Sugarman to spend, given the size of market, the common money pot, and lack of growth here? I, th- I think it's probably happening a little bit. Yeah. Um, and Sugarman probably wants to. I mean, I mean, I, I, 
he doesn't want to spend a ton, I'm sure, given his history. But if he looks at where the Union are and he just he just watches other games, Atlanta, even like Orlando, and kind of sees the, the well, difference in excitement. I mean, like these teams are coming to the league and just passing them like right away. It's do you kinda, remember? Do you remember hearing stuff about Jay Sugarman? Kind of not. It's not. The explanation for the Bedoya thing and the this, the departure of Nick Sakevich was that it, you know, I've heard people say that it's not that Jay Sugarman is, um, you know, adverse to spending money. It's just that he needs to be convinced that it's the right thing. You know, I think so. Years of mistrust that was built up under Nick wasting money on these bad yeah. signings kind of like meant that 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 trust had to be reforged again. And when they went to when they sold him on Bedoya. You know, the way I understand it was that they said, look, here's a national team guy who's got this pedigree, who's got this kind of blue collar work yeah. ethic, who would fit in the city. I they mean, need like, a big sales pitch. Right. It feels like you got to put together they this did, whole yeah. proposal for him and present it to him and, and whatever. So, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, as long as he says yes, if they do a good pitch, yeah. right? But, but mean, why is it? But here's, here's what I would ask you. Why is that a one way street? I mean, can you not just point to Toronto and be like, look, they're the best team in the league? Yeah maybe we should do what they're doing yeah but it's, it's it's like you said before you can't just throw money at players who you know maybe don't want to be here or a bad body language look at like some other signings they've had i mean you need someone who's speaking of body committed. language what did you what did you think of Allberg's celebration after his goal uh, in I, seattle yeah he didn't do much right i just don't i, I don't it. i don't get it like i don't again it's i go back to that he's, with him i don't he's think pissed. he's an asshole i no, don't not. know if he's an asshole he's, but he's he makes be, it but he makes yeah. it look like he he's is. probably upset you know i talked about his goals per touches is like off the charts good he scores a lot of goals and he doesn't play that much well, maybe so if you just probably, like right. acted like you liked your teammates a i'm little not bit saying more. yeah i'm not saying he's getting screwed i understand why he doesn't play as much but i can see why he thinks no, he's kind of getting you see, like the, the Instagram posts and the Twitter and shit like that, where everybody seems to be having a good old grand old time. But then on the field, when he does score, he lo- it looks like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the end of the road is coming for him. No. Um, EJ McGrogan, how many Union players do you think are top ten at their position in MLS? Well, definitely one, Andre Blake. Andre Blake. Uh, you could make the case maybe. Harris at the six is he a top ten number six guy possibly? Yeah, and it's different too because uh, I mean the t- he doesn't yeah. play like a typical six, you know. So. so that's maybe two. Are there any defenders top ten? Probably not. Uh, if Rosenberry had played the whole yeah, year, yeah. I, I mean Rosenberry, you could make the case last year was. Yeah. Uh, any other? I mean CJ Sapong at striker probably not. It's a deep position. I don't he know. does have a lot of goals. Would you put Bedoya as a as yeah, a top ten number possibly. eight? Possibly. He so. hasn't he hasn't really put up too many numbers this year, but yeah. I guess you can't judge him by that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean somewhere between two and three, which is not really good. What else you got in there? Um MK twenty seven over under on six current starters being first choice starters next year. Well the same guys we just said, Blake is one, Bedoya two, Harris three, um, Jack Elliott four. Maybe Keegan or Fabinho, five. Um, any of the wingers, I don't know. Pontius, if they resign him. Chris, Wafa. I think you just have to let him be a free yeah. agent. You know, uh, I, think he's, I think he's destined to go to uh, LAFC oh, yeah. with Mo. Yeah. Uh, CJ Sapong, you don't, you don't really want him to be a striker unless... I mean, he could be a good starting striker if you bring in a star 10 behind him, but yeah. they could bring him. Yeah. So... Over under six. That's a pretty good. Uh, it's 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 a pretty good number. I, I'd go. Uh, I'd maybe go right under or like even at the six. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, 
I had, I don't know, my phone is like green here. I think uh, I did something wrong. Uh, Don Drahoski, all this talk about money coming up the book. Say the union bring back one player, who and why. I mean, there are a few guys who come back, but Doya has come back. We should do, Blake. you know, like at the end of the season, we should do our big, yeah. like, who stays, who goes. Yeah, and like, um, yeah that'll be our next spot. Yeah. So get your questions in now. Get them in now. Uh, <laughs> get them in now. Uh, Justin Freeberg, what are the odds that the union actually spend money on a DP 10 or a winger? Odds are good. You say winger like you're saying like Andrew Wenger. Wenger? Yeah. What are the odds that they spend big money on a DP Wenger? <laughs> <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had like one in here. I think uh, I can't. Sorry, I can't find your name. Um, but he was asking, uh, why are we splitting the uh, World Cup bid with Canada and Mexico? Why not just do it ourselves? Well, the whole point was that we you knew it was a guarantee if you added those two in. Right, you make know, it more attractive. Instead yeah. of competing with each other. But I think Canada, well, maybe not Canada, but Mexico got dicked, man, in this yeah. deal, you know? Is Philly getting a game? That's the real question. Um, I looked at all the other stadiums on there, and I don't see why not. I mean, I hope that somebody would go back to 94 and say, uh, let's mix it up a little bit here. You know, we don't need to go back to Detroit. That's me a fun um, summer. It's the 250th anniversary of this country. Philly is going to be lit between yeah. that and the World Cup. Yeah, and the Philadelphia Union. We'll still be mediocre. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, man. I just, if the world exists, then. Yeah, you know, we were talking about it before the pod. It's not that I'm like, you know, jumping off the beat and like doing the Sixers thing is one thing, but I also like where the team is right now. It's hard for me to get. You've changed, Kevin. Uh, yeah, but it's that's that's what I'm saying. It's not <laughs> it's not necessarily because of the new job. It's just because of the, the, what the union are doing themselves. Themselves, you know. If you I wonder a, how redupe is going. I don't. If you want to do a Sixers podcast? Let me know. Oh God, I, there'll be plenty of that to talk about for this year. I need to just. This is a nice. <laughs> this is a nice diversion. Yeah. You got uh, anything else on there? Only one. Austin C one three seven. Why is the flat earthers movement growing? Flat earthers. Uh, I don't know. It's just like uh, kind of trendy right now. So do they think when you get to the end of the earth, you just fall off the earth? Is that... I'm confused uh, by the flat earth. Yeah, I don't know. Is it like My a waterfall? My kid was asking me about this. Yeah, is it like a waterfall or something? <laughs> you can <laughs> slide just, down. Does it, yeah, does it go on? Yeah. Do you guys actually believe it or is this like a funny troll job? Like Kyrie Irving, do you think he actually believes the earth is flat? Or is, well, no, he's, but... He's like fucking around people. Like, here's what happens then. Like, people, like... Uh, you know, we'll then make like a meme out of it. They'll like, you know, how the Illuminati was like a popular thing for a little bit. And now they'll say, well, you right. got flat earth people. I mean, you got Scientologists and shit like that. So, uh, are there any flat earthers on the union think? Maybe CJ? Mm, CJ might believe some interesting things. He's definitely earthy. <laughs> yes. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. But, uh, yeah. and hey, good for him for, for, um, tying Seba's record, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. He's had a heck of a season. That's kind of been two buried, games to break it. In, um, if he gets, yeah, if, if he gets fifteen goals, you, I mean, think he does a, it. Does he? Do they? Well, they have two games: Chicago and, and Orlando. Yeah, I think uh, he does it on do the last game Orlando. of the season versus yeah. Orlando at home. Yeah, the entire crowd of three thousand goes wild, and then they can storms the field, carries them off on the shoulders, and they all redupe at the same. And they time. all redupe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's end it on that. <laughs> <laughs> let's end it on that uh, Kevin and Dave thanks for listening to my uh, <clears throat> kind of half ramble about the national anthem oh, yeah. thing I, I, you know I didn't I felt like it was relevant because of what Jim uh, had to say yeah. but you know I wanted to share some of the stuff from and good the job by uh, Tannenwald to uh, get that uh, story in the paper yeah for sure for sure so uh, 
It's always soccer in Philadelphia. We got two more. We got the international break and the United States uh, this weekend. Hopefully, Let's when go we, U.S. Hopefully, when we talk World to you Cup. next, we'll be talking about the U.S. going to Russia and not for World War Three. And if not, we'll cancel Cup. the podcast. And if not, <laughs> if not, the podcast definitely goes on the back burner. Yeah. And uh, you know, we will see what happens. I'm hoping for a playoff elimination for the Philadelphia Union, so we can just and, push past the bullshit and, and move I'm on to what's MLS Cup, which and Dave's hoping for the MLS Cup. Yeah. Baxter, what are you hoping for? You're hoping for a triangle yeah. triangle dog park right now. He wants to piss you? outside. That's yeah. his yeah. main concern. Right. Well, Baxter's going <laughs> to piss piss outside, <laughs> and we're going to piss off. Thanks wow, good segue to end it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Take care. Kill Whitey!